Hi there, you're listening to the Estranged Heart Podcast, and I'm your host, Creed Revere. Welcome back to our returning listeners, and if this is your first time here, thank you for selecting this podcast to listen to. As we begin today's episode, I invite you to grab a cup of coffee or tea, settle in, and listen with an open heart. But first, the regular disclaimer. I am not a licensed therapist or counselor. Nothing within this podcast should be considered or taken as therapy. If you are in need of therapeutic support, such as counseling, please seek out a therapist near you. Today's episode is titled, Your Kids in Therapy, and Is Therapy Hindering or Helping Reconciliation? And before we dive into today's episode, a couple of uh, announcements and reminders. There will be a summit coming. Um, I do believe I mentioned this a couple of episodes ago. That will be coming in April. I believe the end of April. I I might push that out to the first week of May. But that is going to be a summit with several different professionals in the field of um, mental health. And we'll talk about some mental health concerns, addictions. Uh, We'll discuss um, thoughts and perspectives and how to change um, perspectives and gender identity, sexuality, grief, things along those lines. So um, I hope that you will be uh, excited to hear from those professionals in the field when that summit comes to be. Also wanted to put it out there again for any estranged moms who are looking for a Zoom support group that is not just a place to come in and what I call vomit all over the place about trials and tribulations that you're experiencing, but instead are looking for support to help you to move through the pain of estrangement, to not get stuck in in it, to get mired down in in it, and um, are looking for tips and tricks and tools that you can implement in your life to help you to move forward and into a healing space as opposed to um, the quicksand of the pain of estrangement. So if you're interested in that, please feel free to reach out um, and I can place you on the wait list for that. Uh, The email address is theestrangedheart at gmail.com. Again, theestrangedheart at gmail.com. And another quick reminder, there will be a retreat coming in November. Um, So there will be more to come on that as we get a little bit closer, but um, I'm super excited about being able to spend some dedicated days together working on trans, you know, shifting hearts and transforming relationships uh, and healing generations. So more to come on that. Today's quotes, perspective, what you see depends on not only what you look at, but also where you look from. And that is by James Deacon. And the second is your perspective is always limited by how much you know. Expand your knowledge and you will transform your mind. And that is by Bruce Lipton. So this episode came about because I hear so often from estranged parents 
that their kid has either recently started attending therapy or has been in therapy for a long time and um, it doesn't seem to be helping. And I have had several episodes on therapist and how to find a therapist and the, the how a therapist can help, the purpose of a therapy, those types of things. And I wanted to target today, I wanted to zone in and target this belief that therapists are leading the charge for estrangement. And yes, that is a term that I have heard from estranged parents. Um, so uh, if you're new here, um, you might not know, but I have insight to the therapy process as well as therapist from both personally and professionally, um, my own personal experiences. And because of that, I believe I sit in a very unique space and am able to confidently discuss this issue. Um, I'm here to tell you, therapists are not leading the charge for estrangement. If you've listened to this podcast for any length of time, you know that I come at everything through the lens of curiosity, through the lens of trauma. And if you go based off of what seems and appears to be on the surface, you are, will most oftentimes be misled. Just like if you were out on a boat in the ocean and you declared that all the ocean, all that was there for the ocean was what you could see with your eye sitting in a boat looking down at the water. Yet beneath the surface is a whole other world that you cannot see from your perch in the boat sitting on top of the water. And so I ask that you keep that in mind and all things related to your estrangement, but especially for today's episode. Um, you know, I have estranged parents who say, you know, my kid is, has started, they started therapy and then the estrangement happened, or maybe they were in therapy and they were a little distant, but then they've gone completely no contact the longer the therapy process has gone on. And while I get that that can be unnerving, and I think that um, at first glance, you would want to point the finger at the therapist, um, I'd like to give you some food for thought today that that isn't necessarily the case, that, that they're, not, <laughs> they're not leading the charge for estrangement. Therapy is a process. And there's a lot of things that happen behind that door of a therapy room. And as a therapy client myself, 
as a family member to those who have gone to therapy, as a practice manager for a psychotherapy group practice where I manage 20 plus providers, 20 plus therapists, I can tell you that they are not sitting in their therapy office with the intent to destroy families. As a matter of fact, their intent is just the opposite. Their intent is to heal what is broken, to help you to heal what is broken within you, to give you insight as to how your mind is working, how your emotions play into your thought processes, and to help their client to become the person they want to be in this world. And to do that, oftentimes we have to unpack all of the stuff that we no longer need, that is no longer serving us, that has done nothing but weigh us down before we can actually move forward. And what a lot of parents are experiencing with their adult children who are in therapy is an adult child is going in, they're talking to their therapist, they're saying, you know, oftentimes they present in the office with, my God, I have so much anxiety, you know, work is, is crap. I can't, I can't focus. I'm depressed. I, you know, I meet with my, I'm around family and I feel like the black sheep and I, my God, what is wrong with my life? Like how, where, how did I get here? What is going on? How can I fix this? I want to feel better. They don't come into the therapy room and say, I want you to tell me how to estrange from my parents. That's not what happens. Someone who is seeking therapy is seeking support for things that are not working in their life. And when I say seeking support, not seeking support to solidify, oh, this isn't working in my life, so therefore I need to cut it out. But seeking support in how did I get here? Why am I still here? And how do I get out of this? Okay. And so then they start unpacking things. They start, the therapist starts going through things with the client and they start unpacking all of the stuff that has happened in their life. And in that process, it is, if you've been to therapy yourself, if you've had a good therapist, you know, it is a, mm, it is a process. It is, it is not fun. It is not pleasant. It causes you to, you know, there's been times I've left the therapy office where I'm like, I'm never going back. That woman's crazy. And there's been times I've left saying, I don't know what I would do without that woman because she's been my lifesaver. And it all had to depend on what I was unpacking in that particular session. Okay. So remember when your adult child comes to you and says, my therapist said this, that, and the other thing, and you're a narcissist. This is something I hear, you know, my kid's therapist says I'm a narcissist. My kid's therapist has diagnosed me as a narcissist. I want, I want you to take a second 
And I want you to think about, is this something that a professional in the field of mental health actually saying to my kid? Or could this potentially be my child's interpretation of what a therapist has said? Because I don't know if you know or not, but there's a code of ethics for psychotherapists. And one of those is they cannot diagnose someone without having met them, seen them, evaluated them, those kinds of things. Now, will a therapist say something along the lines of, it sounds to me like maybe that, you know, that particular circumstance that you're talking about, that maybe, yeah, maybe your mom did some, did display some narcissistic behaviors. And then your kid runs out and says, yep, my, my therapist said you're narcissistic. When that's not really what the therapist said. Okay, so remember, you're only getting one side of the story. You're not hearing the therapist side of the story, nor will you because your estranged adult child is their client and there is a confidentiality ethics as well, and they're not able to break that confidentiality. Okay, so, but you're only getting one side of the story from your estranged adult child. And of that one side of the story that you're getting, you're only getting what your kid wants you to hear. They're not laying out all the things that was said in the therapy session. And your kid is in a place of hurting, of not being happy in their life. So what do we tend to do as human beings when we're not happy with where things are at in life? Number one, we tend to point the finger to someone else because it's certainly everyone else's problem and not our own. Said with dripping sarcasm. Number two, hurt people hurt people. Number three, I'm not going to tell you that I laid my guts out here in the therapy office with my therapist and all of my vulnerabilities laying wide open. I'm not going to tell you that if I'm in a place of hurting and pain. And I'm going to tend to think of all the negative things. And I'm going to focus on the negative things. We as parents do that. When I was in the middle of my estrangement, I was certain that my kids were were just, you know, evil and crazy as I don't know what. And then I started looking at things from their perspective. And I started the getting curious about what, what else could this possibly mean? What parts and pieces of the puzzle am I not getting? And, a, and in this case, the parts and pieces of the puzzle that you're not getting is from a therapist side of things. So if you're not in that world of psychotherapy on a professional level, so to speak, you're not going to know what the code of ethics are. You're not going to know 
how a therapy session works. You're not going to understand the differences in the types of training that therapists have. You're not going to understand how they approach things unless you get curious about it. You've got to get curious to be able to learn something new and something different. Otherwise, you're, you will remain stuck in your limited perspective. I, I look at this as, you know, the town that you live in, you know that town fairly well, I'm assuming, right? If you live there for any length of time. And if you don't go, you know, I live north of Seattle. If I didn't go to down to Seattle, I wouldn't have a clue what Seattle was about. Oh, I might know what it was about by what I read online or what people in my world were said about it. But I, I wouldn't know because I, I, unless I got curious and decided I was going to venture down to downtown Seattle and see what it was all about for myself. And if you've not ever been to therapy, you don't know what that process is like. Okay. Um, therapists help their clients to learn, um, to, to recognize, understand, and then potentially heal from things that happened in their life that were harmful mentally and emotionally and physically and all, all of that, but mentally and emotionally. They, um, they help their clients, uh, you know, to learn about boundaries. And for those of us who never learned about boundaries for ourselves, never implemented boundaries for ourselves, when we're faced with someone who puts up boundaries, we freak out. And that goes both ways. If a, an estranged parent places boundaries, the kids freak out. If the kids place boundaries, the parents freak out. Because boundaries is not something that we are taught, generally. It's just not. You know, and I could go into a whole host of things and, you know, an example is, you know, we're taught as a kid, oh, go up and give, you know, Uncle Joe a hug, even though we, un Uncle Joe gives us the creeps, right? So our own personal boundary would have been to say no, but, you know, parents are saying, oh, no, Uncle Joe's fine. Go give him a hug and go give him a hug. Come on. He loves you. Come on. Come on. Come on. So we're, we're telling our kid to disregard their own, their own boundaries, right? So that's just one example, side note there. So we're also in a space and time where um, emotional intelligence is something that our kids are learning about and utilizing in their lives, um, are growing that emotional intelligence and, and muscle for themselves. And we never learn that. As parents, we, I, I, I never learned about that, not until I got curious and started educating myself about it. But this is, this is the world that our kids are living in. And so if you want to know why your kid is thinking and doing and all of these things that they're thinking and doing, you're not going to learn about it sitting on your little perch over there in your world you're going to have to come into their world. And that doesn't necessarily mean having contact with them. 
but it means, you know, getting online, looking at and, and reading about the things that they're looking and reading about. Read the books that are talking about these things. Educate yourself and educate, get curious without judgment, right? It's not going to, it's, it, it's not going to do any good if you're curious about and, and seeking only ways to, um, that, uh, prove your, your point and your perspective. You got to get out of that. You got to get out of your echo chamber. Okay. And therapy is a process, right? I talked about this a, a minute ago. It, it, it is mind blowing the things that you learn in therapy. And it requires time and space and energy to sort through all of those feelings and emotions and what have you. All the while, you know, you're still getting up and going to work or going to school and you're still raising the kids and you're still putting, you know, going grocery shopping and you're having to do all the day-to-day life stuff in the middle of trying to process all of these thoughts and feelings and emotions that have come up through therapy about things in your life that happened that left you feeling like crap and you always wondered why and now you know why and now you're like, oh my God, what do I do with this? So that is a, a big part of the reason why I see some kids that, that um, will estrange is they need time and space and the parent is more or less suffocating them. And, and they're like, I just need, I need to be by myself so I can figure this stuff out. Okay. And I want to also say here, that not all therapists are created equal. So while there are some wonderful and fantastic therapists, as with any profession, there are therapists who are not. But that doesn't give give you an automatic pass to say, well, my kid's therapist is a piece of shit. Because you don't know them. You don't know what is being said in that therapy room. You don't know who else your child is around that could be influencing things. So remember that. Therapists are trained differently depending on their credentials, the type of training that they went through. Their focus can be very different. I've talked about this many times on the podcast. A general licensed, I you know, up here in the Northwest, in Washington, it's called a licensed mental health counselor. Other places, it's a licensed professional counselor. They tend to focus one-on-one with the client. It's about the client and the client's world and the client's experience. A licensed marriage and family therapist is someone who is typically trained in the systems, the family system as a whole. So when they are working one-on-one with an individual client, they are coming at it from the perspective of the family unit. Now, they may not be saying that to the client, but they're, they're, um, the things that they're saying and, and homework that's given and things like this are, are coming from that perspective um, and that training specifically. So it may not be something that's actually recognized by the client in and of itself, but it does. they do look at 
a individual client through the lens of the family system and where does this person fit into their family system and how did their family system work as a system or how did it not work as a system and things along those lines so our obstacles to getting through this and trying to understand where a kid is coming from and all of those things is your own belief and thoughts on therapy is coloring your perspective regarding its validity and worth. Um, you know, if ther therapy was a no-no in your family, you know, the, the quote unquote, we don't air our dirty laundry to, to people outside of the family, you're going to have a very different perspective on therapy. If you did not have a successful therapy experience yourself, you're going to have a very different perspective on therapy. And you fear what you don't know. If you've never been to therapy, you don't know what that process is like. So our minds tend to um, lead us down these roads of <laughs> doom and gloom, you know, as the first choice and option before we're, we're willing to entertain, oh, well, maybe, maybe this is something I don't know about, I don't have experience in, and I'm going to read up on it. I'm going to find out what this whole therapy process is like and how are, how are therapists trained and, um, you know, those kinds of things. And if you don't like to read, there's, you know, there's YouTube, there's all sorts of ways um, today to be able to learn besides opening a book. Also, another obstacle is the opinions of others, right? And being in your, the what I call the echo chamber issues, right? If you are surrounded by people who don't believe in therapy, well then, guess what? You're not probably going to believe in it either. So it's important to get out of our echo chamber. Find someone who does believe in therapy. Talk to them. Find out why it worked for them. How did it work for them? What did they learn? Those kinds of things. Um, and here's, here's another piece I, I want to offer up for consideration is discernment. Is this something that you taught your estranged adult child? And by taught, I mean, you know, kind of leading by example, not just, you know, verbally telling a kid, do as I say, not as I do kind of thing. Um, did you teach them to question others? Did you teach them to question those in power? because a therapist is in a position of power because they are the quote unquote professional, right? And so if, you know, if we didn't teach them how to, you know, uh, what, what, does that really make sense? Is that, I've got, you know, I've kind of got the heebie-jeebies over here. I'm not going to listen to my intuition. I'm going to, you know, di did we teach them any of that? Because if we didn't, then they don't, have the skill set to go, this therapist is not helping me. This therapist is creating stuff that's not there for me. Or maybe things aren't quite right yet. I'm going to give it a couple more, more visits and see if that works. But this is discerning. And if we don't teach our kids that, how, hello, where are they going to learn it from? If we, if in, in, you know, questioning authority, let's just talk about that for a minute. Did we allow them to question us? Because we were in those, and still are in those positions of power. 
we are the all-knowing ones, just like a doctor, the white coat syndrome kind of thing, right? We're the all-knowing ones. So if we told them, don't, don't you question what I'm telling you to do, you just do it. Well, then guess what happens? They grow up to be adults who just do what others tell them to do. So it, what did you teach them? So let's talk about how do we, how can we change our perspective on this? How, what can we do to get ourselves in a place where we're not looking at therapist as the enemy? We're not looking at our kid as the enemy when they choose to go to therapy and then choose estrangement. How can we, how can we look at this differently? How can we get curious about entertaining something different that maybe there's something beneath the surface and not not just what I'm seeing or hearing up front. I think it's important to remember your manager versus consultant role, right? When we get into a place of as a consultant, we're there simply to support our kid. We're not there to tell them what they should do, what they shouldn't be doing. You should go to therapy. You shouldn't go to therapy. Your therapist is a piece of shit. Your, your therapist is cuckoo. Um, your therapist doesn't know what they're talking about. We don't do any of that as a consultant. That's a manager. That's a manager. You're just spouting off things that you think are, is the way that it should be, et cetera, et cetera. And that's, that's not going to be helpful. Get curious without judging. I talked about this a little earlier. Think about what could be, what else could be going on? What else could I, could there potentially be that I'm not getting the full story on? Okay. Appreciate that your estranged adult child is seeking professional support. If they're having a hard time navigating stressors in their life and they are, they have sought out professional support, appreciate that. They're not going to their friends. They're not going down the street to the neighbor's house and, you know, whoever. They, they're seeking out professional support. Be curious about what they share and are learning, even if you do not agree. Hmm. I wonder what that could have led them to seek out that kind of therapist. I wonder why they, they might want to, hmm, you know, throw stuff in my face. I wonder, I wonder what, what else could be being said if, if they're calling me a narcissist and say that my therapist, their therapist has diagnosed me as a narcissist. Could maybe, maybe the therapist was talking about maybe some of my behaviors at times have been a little narcissistic. Because I don't know, maybe, I don't know, we're all human and I know I'm not perfect and maybe, maybe I do have some narcissistic traits, you know. And is that, is that really a bad thing? Huh, wonder where narcissism comes from. I wonder how that, you see where I'm going with this? Like you can go down the whole rabbit hole with curiosity without judging and pointing the finger at your kid or your kid's therapist and saying that they're evil and nasty and, you know, blah, 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 blah. 
if you simply start getting curious, that curiosity is going to lead you from one thing to another thing to the next to the next to the next. And before long, you've learned a whole bunch of stuff that you never knew before, simply because you got curious. Okay, be grateful. Your estranged adult child is learning and growing and expanding as a human being. Whether you agree with it or not, they are learning and growing and expanding as a human being. And their learning curve might be hard. Their learning curve might not look so pleasant on the outside. But they're learning and growing. They're not staying stagnant. Okay? Seek out your own therapist or coach. Get yourself some support so you can begin to learn a little bit more about yourself and all the things you don't know about yourself because I'm here to tell you. <laughs> we are multi-layered creatures. There is so much stuff in our subconscious that we are not aware of on a conscious level that it it is it is mind-blowing. So get curious about yourself. Why do I respond that way? Why does why does it piss me off when somebody says blah blah blah? Why do I get really super excited about that experience? Where did I where did I come up with that? How did I learn that? Where did I come up with that belief? Was that taught to me? Was it something I came up with on my own? Where did that where did that come from? Get curious about yourself. Keep in mind, you're only hearing their side of the story and only what they want you to know. Okay? And remember, what you resist, persist. Stop fighting your child. Stop fighting them. And you will see magic happen. Now, it doesn't mean that you have to agree with everything that they're doing or saying. But when you can stop the fight, when you can lay the sword down and say, man, I'm exhausted and this hurts. Oh my God, this is so painful. But I'm tired of fighting the fight against my kid. I'm going to choose instead to turn around and look at the positive things about my kid. And I'm going to be mindful of the language that I use when I describe anything related to my child. Okay. So these are just some things that I think can be helpful. They helped me. They've helped others. They help my coaching clients when we can when we can begin to look at things differently. And oftentimes that might mean therapy on your own, doing your own therapy for a good bit of time or your own coaching for a good bit of time. 
for you to be able to get out of your own way and meaning your own, get out of your own triggers, your own experiences and things that lead you to have the perspectives that you have before you can start entertaining the perspective of others. That's what happened for me. I, you know, I had my own perspectives and couldn't see, didn't want to see, didn't listen to any others until I got myself into therapy. I was seen, heard, and validated on my, my end of things by my therapist. And then I was able to start seeing, hearing, and validating my kid. So I am personally very grateful that there are therapists in the world. I'm also not naive enough to think that every therapist is a great therapist. Just like not every doctor is a great doctor. Not every teacher is a great teacher. So I'm grateful that I learned on my own because it was not taught to me by my mom or my dad to be discerning. I learned about who I am as a person, what I need, and what I'm looking for in a therapist. And I kept going until I found a therapist that met those things for me. And my work with her has been absolutely, utterly transformative. And it has helped me to heal my relationships with my kids as well as my own parents. but it was not an easy process to get there. Your kids who are in therapy, it is a painful experience. It is not fun and games. And the courage, the courage that it takes to step inside a therapist's office and to lay your soul bare is immense courage. Be proud of your child for doing that for themselves. And I'll leave it right there for today. This brings this episode to a close. I hope that this time together was time you feel well spent and that you are able to find some takeaway nuggets to help you on your journey, wherever you may be on your estrangement and reconciliation path. If you feel you've received something helpful or positive from this podcast, please consider following us, sharing this podcast with others, leaving a positive review, perhaps entertaining becoming a guest on our show, or following us on social media, on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok under the same name, The Estranged Heart. As a reminder, there is an online support group on Facebook. If you are a estranged mom who identifies as being spiritual and approaches estrangement with a sense of curiosity rather than blame and judgment and desire to do inner self-work and reflection, please seek us out. We can be found at facebook.com backslash estranged mothers support group. And lastly, if you are an estranged parent or an estranged adult child and would like to have your story shared on the podcast anonymously or not, please reach out to me via email at theestrangedheart at gmail.com.